0: Good morning and good coffee, everybody. Hey, it's time for some morning coffee with Larry, and I'm glad that you were here joining with me today for another hot cup of something to open your eyes and get you ready for the day. Mm. I'm enjoying some loose leaf um, orange spice tea that I got at Beachy's up at Arthur, Illinois. So, uh, it is good stuff, sweetened with a little bit of stevia, and uh, it is helping me wake up for the day. <laughs> anyway, well, today is the 19th of December. It is hard to believe that we are here. We're knocking on the door of Christmas. Uh, there's been lots of Christmas music going on in our household and in our uh, uh, vehicles as we traverse around. Uh, we have, we have, I would say, um, a modest decoration of Christmas in the house. There's some things that are old, some things that are new. Uh, my uh, wife, she collects uh, Christmas ornaments the, that are glass and painted from the inside. She has been collecting them for years. And so this year, she has uh, those ornaments as the only ones on our Christmas tree. So it's kind of neat seeing uh, different than what we've had in the past. But uh, no, we we have had a pretty good time since our return from Branson and getting things ready. There's a few things that I'm going to, that I still need to get out for the outside. I should have got out a month ago, but you know. Here we are. <laughs> oh, but I hope that you and yours are enjoying the uh, the Christmas season and and uh, the fun celebrations as well as the the deeper true meaning. And uh, but today I I decided I wasn't going to necessarily do uh, a Christmas podcast yet. That I'll do a little bit later. Uh, I was looking through. Uh, some of the things that I have screenshot because if I see if I find something that I really like and uh, I I screenshot it and that's why on my phone (laughs) between screenshots and photos and videos I have I have over (laughs) 10,000 things on there and I have got to pull them off my phone and put them on my hard drive so I can have Better, uh, better use of my memory on my uh, on my smartphone. <laughs> but today, what I wanted to talk about, and it's something that I have I have seen in different ways of displaying ever since my days in college. And uh, I had seen this, and it was like, "Ooh, screenshot this!" And what it is, it's something called the learning pyramid. Now, as we get older, or as technology advances, or as change happens more rapidly, it becomes harder and harder to absorb it, to learn it. Uh, you know, there there was a uh, uh, couple of books that were written that were kind of dystopian ones. Uh, the one that everybody has heard of is the the book 1984 um, that was turned in, it's been turned into a movie a few times. And then there was another one called Brave New World. And there's been some different uh, comparisons that people have made uh, between what the fears were of the authors. Um, And in 1984, it was the fear of not having information. And in Brave New World, it was basically being bombarded with so much information that, you, that the society just ignored it. And there was another, there was a book that came out in the 70s and there was a short film with, uh, oh, who was uh, Orson Welles. Uh, in his latter years, he, he, uh, uh, he did a narration to this movie, um, that I, had, I don't think it ever was on TV or anything, but it was one that was, uh, I had seen it as a film. It was shown in schools and stuff and it was, um, called future shock. And it was the idea that when change happens so rapidly, the human mind can't adapt to that change. And you wind up with a lot of different issues that are, you know, along the line of stress or just tuning out because it's it's too much. And I can say that, you know, at when I was younger, I embraced a lot of that newness uh, because my brain was was not as chocked full, kind of like my phone gets chocked full of. <laughs> screenshots and photos, um, this, uh, you know, when your brain, I, my brain wasn't so overwhelmed. And then I would say there was a time in the early 2000s where I really noticed that uh, advancements that I used to be able to keep up with outpaced me. And uh, and so there's, you know, learning Uh, new information can be a challenge. And this is where uh, this what's called the learning pyramid that I want to talk about today kind of comes into focus. And it's the idea that people learn in different ways. And there are some ways of teaching uh, as a, you know, if you're coming from the perspective as a teacher and you're wanting to uh, give information, teach knowledge uh, to someone or to a group. There's better ways uh, of doing it, or there's more effective ways. And you can flip the coin to the other side. If you want to learn something, uh, there's more effective ways to learn things uh, to, to help you retain it, especially the older you get and the faster change and information comes at you. And so what I want you to do is think about a pyramid and it has seven different layers to it, horizontal layers. Kind of like if you remember Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if you ever had a psychology class, it, you started at the bottom with the most fundamental needs of, you know, survival kinds of things. And then you get to more social and self-fulfilling uh, needs. And when you get to the top of the pyramid in Maslow's hierarchy, uh, he, he called that self-actualizing needs where uh, you're able to, you're, you're, you're basically, you, you have found and you're falling into your calling and that uh, you you can sacrifice all the different things below that you needed in order to reach self-actualization. Well, this is a pyramid with uh, your your um, horizontal lines on it or sections. But um, the um, uh, sorry, lost it here. My screen <laughs> blacked out. But rather than starting at the bottom, we're going to start at the top and the top is has the title of listening or you could say speaking you're you're basically looking at auditory learning and if you are a professor at a college the best example of this would be a uh, an instructor that lectures they just stand at the podium and they speak And there's nothing else. They're just basically, you know, a hardcore lecture. They just read something they have written. And then they take questions maybe at the end. When you look at how effective that is with permanent learning, it's about 5% effective. That's why you don't find very many instructors doing that. And, you know, you may find it at older, formal, rigid, institutions of higher learning, (laughs) you know, that kind of, you you will find sometimes lectures like that, but it's just not very effective. So if you want to learn, listening alone is not the most effective, which is kind of sad because this is a podcast (laughs) and you're listening. And that's all you have. And you may be doing something else while you're listening. And that's why I kind of like podcasts. Uh, Or I'll um, uh, put on a video and just listen to it while I'm doing something else. But I would agree. You're not going to get as much learning from just listening. Now, the next level down below this top point of the pyramid, the next level down, is reading, or the written word, or something visual. So, in a classroom, you have a teacher who, you know, stands at the front, but they have a blackboard, or at least back in the day, which is the phrase that I use more and more often, uh, they were blackboards and now they're whiteboards with uh, the uh, special markers on it. Please do not use a Sharpie on a whiteboard. Uh, But when you combine visual, or when you do something visual, you, you are going to retain it better than if it's just listening. So if you're reading something it's a little bit more active than listening. See, listening is very passive. You can listen to something and your mind will drift very easily. And then you, you tune back in and it's like, oh, well, what, what just happened? What did I miss? With reading, you can do that as well, but the retention rate is better. So if 5% of listening is retained, the, the pyramid... And I don't think this is necessarily uh, based on studies. I think this just looks good because it's all round numbers. Reading or visual only, it's about 10% retention. And I would agree that it is definitely better than listening. Uh, The third level down is a combination of the two above it. It's listening and reading. It's what we would call audio-visual. And so, again, going back to the classroom, you've got the teacher at the front who's speaking, but the teacher may also be using the blackboard or the whiteboard to present something visually. And that's why um, when it comes to educational kinds of things, where you're wanting to really get information out and absorbed Uh, television or videos where you have the audio and the video together makes quite a difference but there's ways of doing it right and there's ways of doing it wrong if you have visual but it's not changing it's it's like just of the person speaking it's just like a lecture but if you incorporate you know maybe uh kind of like a powerpoint uh different uh bullet lists or if you have demonstration videos or photos of whatever a person is you know like they're wanting to present in the video that's a lot more effective so you know when we combine visual and audio. Then we're going to learn a lot more, and the pyramid suggests 20%. So it's still not a really high number if you're looking at permanent learning. So let's go to the fourth layer, the fourth level of this pyramid going down, and it is demonstrate. Now what you're doing is you're taking what you've heard, you're taking what you've seen, and you're demonstrating that knowledge. So, for example, um, when I used to be active in Scouts, uh, we would follow this method. We would tell somebody about it, about what the skill is that we're trying to teach, and we would, uh, you know, show them. We would, you know, like let's say, for example, sharpening a knife we would tell them about it then we would you know show them okay this is the uh the whetstone and here is the knife and now look at the edge of the knife and you see the bevel and you know and, and then you draw to yourself you know towards yourself in a safe manner at a 15 degree angle and all that kind of stuff and you can talk about it and you can show the objects but If you demonstrate it, if you demonstrate it, that's different. This is kind of like how shop classes are in school. It's not just the audio or the visual or the both together. It's a demonstration of how this works. That's what I love whenever I'm having to do some sort of a a household repair that I'm not familiar with, like I'm learning plumbing or I'm learning aspects of electricity. And on YouTube, the kind of videos I like the best is when I'm seeing somebody do it. Boy, then I learn it a lot better. Or in Scouts, after we demonstrated it, we would make the uh, the Scout demonstrate it back to us to make sure that they have learned. So demonstration is, is very, very key. And that increases your learning, permanent learning, it's, the, the pyramid says, to 30%. I think it's probably more, but that's just you know based on personal experience without taking any measurements. Um, the, so that's the, the, the fourth layer. The fifth layer going down on the pyramid is to discuss. So it's not just being able to do it. You're actually having a discussion about it, a give and take with whoever is teaching you. You're able to discuss it. So you're understanding it at a deeper level. You're actually, um, how would I put it? You're expanding your knowledge. You're defending your knowledge. Uh, You're challenging it. You're doing things that increases the learning. Basically, going from listening all the way down to the point of discussion right now where we're at is you're getting more and more engaged and active in the learning that you're doing. Now, the the sixth one is to apply. You've already learned this to a significant degree been able to demonstrate it and and discuss it now how are you going to apply this in your life see now application means you're taking it from in essence the classroom your learning environment and you're applying it in your real life wow so there you're It's it's really, it's taking an incorporation. Also, if you're applying it into your life, you, you probably believe in it. Because how many things do we incorporate in our life that we really don't believe in? You know, we don't. We don't do that. That's kind of counterintuitive. So when you apply this and you find new ways to apply it, learning is really becoming more and more permanent. And the the pyramid suggests 75%. And I would say that that's, that's probably pretty accurate or maybe still a little bit low. Because you, I think you've become or you're in the process of becoming a true believer in it. You're using it It's a part of what you do now. The seventh level, which is the bottom level, is to teach. And the suggested learning percentage here is 90%, permanent learning. And I would say, I think that's even a little bit low. I think we're closer to 100% because, well, let me take it back. There's two types of teaching. You're teaching because it's what you feel compelled to do, but you don't believe it. And, uh, or the other is you're teaching because you are a true believer. You know, as an example. In my master's program at the University of Illinois, I had one course, uh, and, uh, it was, I'm trying to think of the name of it. It was basically, we were learning all the different theoretical perspectives that was used in the field of social work. So, and a lot of it applying to, you know, doing counseling or therapy, but some areas not. So you had crisis intervention, you had psychotherapy, you had Uh, behavioral therapy you had cognitive therapy you had cognitive behavioral therapy you had just all these different therapy approaches and we would be assigned as we were working through different ones we would be assigned to give presentations or teach something about it to the rest of the class so you had to learn it you had to know what you were talking about and you you Either you know, listen to part of the instructor's lecture, or you read on it. Um, you you kind of work down this pyramid, but there were some approaches I just didn't buy into. Uh, that's not how I see the world, and I was. You know, like everybody else in the class, we had to teach on it because if you're teaching, that is going to incorporate learning more. But if you don't believe it after you're done with teaching, you don't really apply it. So I'm going to kind of toss that bunch out, out the side because that's, that's not the natural way that we teach. That would be kind of a, a, a compulsory way that we have to do it in certain situations. So if you are teaching it the natural way, it's because you apply it in your own life. You can discuss it because part of teaching is discussion. You're gonna be you're able to demonstrate it because it's in your your life practice. And you you could you know speak about it, you can describe it visually, you can work your way back up the pyramid if you're teaching. And there are things that I learned in my life that I found successful, and I incorporated that into my therapy practice, and I taught lots of people on it. You know, one of the things that comes to mind is uh, in the pro- uh, regarding the process of forgiveness. In the words of one of my colleagues who described a situation that happened to her that was just boiling up emotions. Uh, And her statement, her angry statement to me was, and you expect me to forgive that? You know, forgiveness doesn't come easy. And there is a process of learning how to do it deeper. And whenever I went through some of that process in my life, I did incorporate it into my therapy and helped other people be able to Uh, forgive and have that burden lifted that they've been carrying some of them for their entire life. And so when you look at teaching, yeah, the reason you can teach is because you have permanently learned something and adapted it into your life. So, how can you apply or use this tool, this learning pyramid that goes from listening to reading to listening and reading to demonstrating to discussing to applying and to teaching? How can you use that in your life? Well, is there something that is new that you need to learn? Is there something in your life that you need to learn because things have changed? You know, when my dad was alive, he was an electrician. He spent his life, his career as uh, an electrician, 33 years uh, in the same factory. He knew electricity inside and out. And if I had an electrical issue, I just called up dad. I just called up dad and asked him. And he would, you know, he'd be glad to come over, especially in his retirement. Kept him kind of going with that by doing it more and more. And I never learned from him, really, on electricity. Frankly, electricity always has a certain amount of mystery and a certain amount of fear. Now, electricians, they don't fear it. They respect it. They know what it can do. But they don't necessarily fear it because they understand it so what i need to do when it comes to electrical stuff around the farm i either have to hire an electrician or i need to learn and there's some stuff i have learned but what's going to be the most effective way of learning I can do listening and reading or combining them together like watching YouTube videos or other kinds of training videos. I can watch somebody demonstrate it and then practice that myself. I can have, I can learn enough about it that I can have discussions with myself or somebody else. I can see how I can apply that and then maybe I'll get good enough that I teach it to somebody else when I have the opportunity, and that helps me learn it even more. Some things I don't have to encounter very often. Some things I have to encounter pretty regularly between the farm and my apartments when something breaks down. Plumbing has been something that I've had to learn because plumbers aren't cheap, and uh, neither are electricians. But plumbing is not rocket science. But there are little quirks. There's there's parts of science that's that's with plumbing. And so right now I'm working on one, and I'm having to learn, and I'm so frustrated. Uh, but I kind of looked at it differently the other day and said, you know, this is this is the classroom that God gives me. I've been wanting to learn this. You don't learn. Whenever the system works right, you learn when the system fails, and you have to figure out how to fix it. So if anybody knows about Wells, more than me, get a hold of me. (laughs) And maybe I'll get to a point where I can teach it. Um, But that's where, you know, more and more learning So as you get older and you have more learning challenges or things are happening faster or you have new things, think about this learning pyramid. See if you can apply it in your life. See if it helps you. All right. That's it for today. And you have a great one. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Take care. God bless.